Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. The sound of endurance racing around the world. This is RS1, part of the Radio Show Limited Network. Hello everyone, Richard Crow here and welcome to On The Grid, a weekly in-depth look at the Australian motorsport scene here on the Radio Show Limited network of channels. On The Grid covers everything from supercars to S5000, TCR to Australian GT and a whole heap more. The weekly spread of interviews, news, views and opinion on what makes the sport tick down under. We'd love to have you involved as well. If you've got any questions about Antipodean racing, drop us a line on the socials by using at the race talk on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram, and we'll include your question in the next show. So that's it from me. Grab a beer, put a snag on the Barbie, fire up some Bathurst on the TV and crank up your V8 and enjoy an Aussie look at our great sport. And let's welcome the show's host with the most, the voice of the Melbourne cricket ground as well, is Tony Shebecki. Hey everyone and welcome to another edition of On The Grid here on the Radio Show Limited's Radio Le Mans on RS1. I'd like to say it's been a big week in motorsport, but really it hasn't. It's been an interesting one though, with e-racing becoming the next big thing. F1 and NASCAR have run their first races and supercars and ARG are set to run in the next week or so. Erebus supercar driver Anton Di Pasquale says he's looking forward to being competitive again. The easier is at the moment, it's our only option to keep keep racing and uh, you know, keep our fans entertained with some sort of content, um, although it might not be exactly what we, what we want to do or what people want to see, but it, it is something cool and I think um, it will be pretty entertaining getting us all on there, um, a lot of us out of our comfort zone and uh, things like that. So I think we'll have a bit of fun. Although Anton does believe it will never substitute for the real thing. I think for sure esports and everything will benefit from obviously what's happening across the whole world because at the moment there's not really much sport you can watch so you entertain themselves. Um, but in terms of taking over, I can't currently see anything like happening. Um, obviously, the real thing's always always more exciting and it's always always real. So um, I, you know, I'd imagine we'll go back to normal once all this blows over and. Uh, and carry on. Our full interview with Anton Di Pasquale a little bit later in the show. ARG will also run an E-Series competition and will be open to all drivers in the Car Sales TCR Australia Series, VHT, Australian S500 Championship, National Trans Am Series, the Kumo Tyres V8 Touring Cars and also the Gulf Western Oils Touring Car Masters, plus other selected guests. S5000 driver Thomas Randall believes it'll be a good way of keeping his skill sharp. For for what I've got, like I said, when when I announce my my setup, I think it'll it'll surprise a few people. But um, yeah, the biggest thing that a simulator does is just teaches you the hand-eye coordination, and learning circuits. I think that's the that's the big thing is is learning the circuit. Thomas Randall also joins us a little bit later on in the show. Scott Pye from Dewalt Racing says the drivers need to remember not to take it too seriously. 
Uh, for us, the, the sim itself is difficult to repl replicate a supercar because it's such a unique car. Uh, but at the same time, there's still that competitive element between us drivers, and I think you could put us in anything and we're going to battle it out. I think the important thing with this is to keep that, that fun element. I think once it's taken too seriously, then it's, uh, it's not really going to work. I think that um, you know, the category is going to have a real opportunity here to mix it up and maybe play with some reverse grid races and things like that. And um, Yeah, I think we can really see some, some things we wouldn't normally see in real life. So it'll be interesting... Um, to see what they come up with. Meanwhile, CEOs are starting to get some information out to their fans about how the 2020 season may look. Supercars CEO Sean Seema has told the Supercars website all teams are committed to getting in a full season this year. We'll do whatever we have to do to get the 14 rounds away. The teams and everyone here at Supercars is committed to that. And while Seema admits it would have been nice to be racing now without fans, it was never a realistic option. We did go through a very detailed process of considering to run the three postponed events as TV-only events. Um, two reasons we decided not to do it. The first is that government restrictions are changing on a daily basis. Uh, we weren't going to be able to get into New Zealand anyway. We anticipated that uh, Tasmania might go to stricter travel requirements, which they have now put in place today. So with Auckland and Tasmania both having those uh, plans imposed upon them, we felt like that was going to get taken out of our hands anyway. But furthermore, we've got quite a lot of staff in a confined space at Pit Lane. When you layer in the teams, the TV production requirements, volunteers, uh, security, um, we start to quickly get over that 500 number and it was a risk that we didn't want to take. Meanwhile, Seema has said that we should know the makeup of the 2020 season very shortly. We're looking to postpone the existing rounds with minimal disruption to any other activity that we already have planned. Obviously, key events like Bathurst, Gold Coast, Newcastle require significant setup times. So, our ambition is to minimise any disruption to those key events and not move those dates. And you can expect an updated calendar in a couple of weeks. Zach Brown, CEO of McLaren F1 team and part owner of Supercars Team WAU, was told his fans through Facebook that plans have been formulated to start racing again this summer. Obviously, there's been a lot of races that have been postponed. I want to let you know that uh, McLaren, along with all the teams, uh, Formula One, the FIA, are working very closely together to do everything we can that when uh, the world becomes a safer place to go racing, that we'll go racing and hopefully have as uh, much of our racing schedule uh, preserved. There are plans in place uh, to start up in uh, summertime if, if the world uh, allows us to and uh, still get in uh, quite a bit of the racing season. So hopefully that will happen. And confirmation that the Azerbaijan Grand Prix has become the eighth race to be postponed in the Formula One season. The expected news now sees the Canadian Grand Prix on June 12-14 as the first round in a yet unaffected, sorry, the first round to be unaffected by the coronavirus pandemic. It follows the Chinese, Australian, Bahrain, Vietnamese, Dutch, Spanish and Monaco Grand Prix as being either cancelled or postponed. That's the news for this week. Let's get it started. You are on the grid. All right, Krause, it is time to catch up with our first guest of the uh, day here today. And, of course, we speak of a man who's uh, got a drive in Super 2s this year here on the uh, supercar circuit and also will be doing a little bit of driving in his S5000. We saw him just very quickly at the Australian Grand Prix. Thomas Randall, Thomas Randall joins us on the line. G'day, Thomas. G'day, Tony and Crowley. How are you guys going? 
Well, I'm fantastic, mate. How are you going? Yeah, really good. Well, I mean, I guess as good as I can be and as good as everyone can be. I mean, it's, well, yeah, I got, like you said, I got a day in the S5000 and who knows when we'll be back. But other than that, it's, um, yeah, it's it's fairly smooth sailing. So uh, how about yourself? Oh, mate, no, really good. Same as you, just uh, wondering what the next couple of months holds, and I think the whole world is doing exactly that as well. For you, mate, it hasn't just been uh, this coronavirus has been a a major issue for you. Of course, your own health and your own personal health was a uh, problem for the last few months when you were diagnosed with testicular cancer. How's that all going for you, bud? Yeah, look, at at the moment, thank you for asking. At the moment, it's been actually really good. Um, I've just got to do month-to-month checkups at the moment, which is a lot better than having to start treatment, which is a ma- it's basically a 180-degree spin around from what I was originally getting told prior to the first round of the Super 2 Series in Adelaide. So I was actually booked in to start uh, chemotherapy on the Tuesday after Adelaide, which is you know pretty, pretty daunting to, to think that you're going to go ahead with that. And um, I just wanted to get the chance to, to do a race while I was you know, not 85, 90% fit um, because I had recovered from the from the surgery side of things and then we got a call on the way to the test at Tail and Bend, which was that pre-season test prior mm, to the yeah. start of the season and my your, uh, oncologist said that you're a bit of a mystery and the, the, the tumour marker levels had, had continually dropped and he didn't feel comfortable at this point in time of administering chemotherapy. So the the appointment to, to go for the chemotherapy was replaced with an appointment to get a blood test, which is a lot nicer. So <laughs> at the moment, I've been, yeah, very, very lucky. From, from going to a point where I had my GP, my urologist or the surgeon and the oncologist, all three of them saying that I had to have chemotherapy to now well, actually, let's just wait. Well, it's not, we're not really waiting. It's just that the, the numbers are too low to – the risk is a lot higher to, to administer chemo than what it is at, with, the, with the levels at the moment. So at, uh, where we go forward from this is that every month I, I do a checkup, and if they're normal each time for the next two years, then the chances of it returning are, are, are pretty low. So it's really this two-year period of um, – if, if it is to come back and then, yeah, if if, uh, if it doesn't, then we're looking pretty good. But I'm just not even thinking about it, to be honest. I'm just going life, going by life as, as normal as I can. Well, aside from this whole coronavirus uh, pandemic, but yeah, yeah life's, life, life could be better at the moment aside from that. Well, that's mega to hear, mate. Uh, really, really pleased. It, w- it was something that, that shocked us at the start of the year and, you know, you're, you're a popular figure in the paddock, so we're all very worried for you. So we're all thrilled that it, you've come out the other side. And, and there's some, some great feel-good stories about this in the paddock now. And um, Ryan Hansford, Touring Car Masters racer, went through this last year and, and has come out the other side as well, which is terrific. So I, I think, if anything, and, and you might be able to elaborate more on it, there's, there's been some really positive messaging about people in this industry, men, in this industry of ours who often pull their heads in when it comes to stuff like this, actually opening their eyes a little bit, self-checking um, and going through the process because people close to us have been affected by it. Would you agree with that? 
Absolutely. And as you just touched on with Ryan Hansford, he was actually one of the first guys I, I called when I got the diagnosis. Um, I was informed. I didn't even see the article last year, but he went public as well. And I mm. gave him a call and that sort of calmed me down because the first thing you think of when you get told you have a form of cancer is is the worst, which yeah. it's, it's, it's the natural reaction. But in fact, it may not be as bad as you think. Um, but like you said, I, I think there was a lot of guys that, that checked themselves after seeing that. And I think the, the biggest surprise, not just for me, but for other people, is that, well, all racing drivers, I think they're invincible. Otherwise, we wouldn't be on the track. We, we, don't, we don't go out there thinking we're going to crash. And we, we all think we're, we're healthy and nothing's going to happen to us. And it's, it's just not the case. And you can't control what happens within your DNA, how, how that gets reproduced. I mean, if it, if it makes a mistake and, and that gets reproduced and, and creates its own blood supply, then it's, uh, it's not very good and you, you can't control those things. And I think it's a, a good wake-up call for myself as well to, to know what's important in life and also for other guys to realise that, hey, it's, it's a quick check and it could save your life. And if we do this check once a month, you know, on the first day of every month, it's, it's not very hard to do. Mm. Uh, it, it could, yeah, it could save your life because I, it wasn't something that I was aware of until, you know, I, after I actually noticed it at the last, my last Super 2 round last year. And that's normally how you discover these things without without checking because you, you, you don't normally look for something unless you get a, an alarm. And that was my alarm. So hopefully the alarm for everyone else was just seeing, seeing my, my post. Well said, mate. Can we, uh, can we just, guys, we all play with them. Numerous <laughs> times throughout the day. Just do it properly and check them every now and then. That's all it is. Well, yeah, just just say you're checking. That's all. Just say you're <laughs> checking. All right, let's get that out of the way. Fantastic to hear, as you said, great news uh, in regards to what uh, has come forward in the last couple of months, and let's hope it keeps going down that path. This year's been a pretty interesting year for you too, mate, a full-time driving Super 2s, S5000, so life's going pretty good. Look, it's... Um yeah, I'm very lucky to be doing another another season in Super 2 this year with a different team with Matt White Motorsport and to be racing in the really the inaugural season of the S5000, which has now been uh, re, renamed as the, the Gold Star or has the Gold Star um, uh, added to it, which I think is fantastic for the category. Um, mm. you know, Chris Landon and everyone from ARG have done a fantastic job promoting that category and I think we would have had a really good show at, at the Australian Grand Prix if we had been able to race. And the cars are, yeah, they're tough to drive, and that's what they that's what they want. I mean, they they were pretty pretty hard to uh, to muscle around the the Albert Park circuit. But hopefully, when when we get racing again, it will be a spectacle for the fans. And I'm really enjoying driving it. And I'm with BR, Team BRM with the with the S5000 and like I said Matt White with Super 2 so it's it, it's really good and then alongside that I'm also going to be doing the Enduros with Nick Perkett at Brad Jones Racing so look I think it's going to be a very busy second half for for not just everyone else but for myself with with these with pretty much three different uh championships you could say so I'm looking forward to it and it, it actually gives me that break now actually gives me a good chance to get my fitness back up to where it should be because I, I had you nearly know, two months of not doing anything after my surgery. So, I um, mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's time to, to really hit 
the, the home gym, if you like. Try and, I've just tried to set up a few little things and um, I've got a bike trainer set up. So just maximise that and maximise the, the simulator and um, looking forward to also competing in uh, the, the ARG eSports series, which is going to be firing up pretty soon. Well, I wanted to touch on the eSports stuff because that's going to play a very big role in all our lives in motorsport until we do go back racing for real, which which we will we will be back racing for real at some point. I've got complete faith that that we'll get there soon. Um, the eSports stuff, it, it's it's booming. There's, there's series popping up anywhere. The ARG one's looking fantastic, the full grid, TCR cars, and then open wheelers at some great tracks, and that'll all be streamed via the TCR Facebook and YouTube site. Um, but d- just tell me a little bit of a story because Sandown last year, first S5000 race ever, uh, you you snuck your new best friend Rubens Barrichello into a simulator, did you not, down at, uh, at Tickford Racing? No, it was at, at uh, actually at my dad's factory. Oh, that was at home. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yep. no, Tickford don't have a simulator, but uh, and that's a simulator which I've uh, recently upgraded. I haven't I haven't uh, announced the upgrades yet, but it's gonna be it's gonna be big and. I'm looking. Nice. I'm actually looking at turning it into a into a business for for people who are in Victoria. So, anyways, aside from aside from my little uh, side project, uh, that was that was pretty cool. I had my my engineer, who I used to live with in England. He messaged me, Marcus Kosh, and he said, "Hey, um, are you going to be able to be at the workshop this afternoon?" I said, "Oh, why is that?" Oh, Rubens wants to have a go at learning the track. I said, "Oh, <laughs> absolutely." So he he came in and. I put him around Sandown in, a, in an old sort of F1 car to try and simulate an S5000. And then after that, I put him on Bathurst in a supercar and he, he couldn't do a lap. So I figured uh, <laughs> he probably had enough of it. But no, that was great. And uh, that's sort of where where our, our our friendship, if you like, started. And I got to do a day with him at Winton last week being teammates and then the Thursday at the Grand Prix. So, no, he's a, he's a really cool dude and you can understand why, why he's got to where he's got to. I mean, he's he's just so professional about everything he does even now and he's pretty much friendly to everyone he, he meets, which I think is the, is the massive, um, you know, fan popularity side of things too. So he's he's uh, always got to drive somewhere in the, around the world too. I've driven simulators before, uh, and I even consider the old uh, NASCAR game at Time Zone a sort of simulator of such. But I've never actually driven. Oh, is, that, is that is that not the, what we're using for esports? I the, thought that's the Daytona. What... Are you really? <laughs> I thought it's going down a Time Zone. Daytona, yeah. <laughs> but I've, I've never actually driven a proper race car in full trim. What is the difference between sitting in a simulator and driving a race car and sitting in a real race car, and how does it help you hone your skills? So there's there's a few things that the simulator can't teach you, well, depending on how much money you spend. I think Formula One have gotten theirs to a point where the drivers think they're very close, um, but probably the, the, the few major factors are peripherals. For example, we only use... For example, I've got three 32-inch curved monitors. Some people go up to 50-inch, but still, real life, you, you can see everything. Um, you're using your eyes. And the weight distribution, you, can, you can't you can feel the weight transfer in a simulator. I mean, you, you can get close, but nothing is the same as driving the real thing. And then I guess the fear factor is, is another thing. I mean, in a simulator, if you lock up and go straight off, big deal or if you if you drop wheel and hit, hit hit the fence it doesn't matter and 
Like, if you put someone around Bathurst in a supercar, they'll just try and take it flat over the top until, okay, well, I've hit the wall. Now I know how to do it flat, whereas you can't do that in real life. It, you've got to build up to it. it. It's kind of the opposite. The simulator, you can sort of overdrive at the start and come back, whereas in a re- real race car, if you do that, you, you're in the fence and then mm. you've got to pay damage bills, which is something you don't have to do in a simulator. So there are there are differences, and I think also – trying to get the force feedback in the wheel, the same as the car, the braking. Um, we, it's very hard to simulate the braking because um, if you have a lockup, you can't really simulate what the, what the brake pedal does in, in a simulator when you have that lockup, unless you had an actual fully rotating wheel with a brake disc, then there may be. But um, I think for, for what I've got, like I said, when, when I announce my, my setup, I think it'll, it'll, surprise a few people but um yeah the biggest thing that a simulator does is just teaches you the hand-eye coordination and learning circuits i think that's the that's the big thing is is learning the circuit i I think as a sport tom we're lucky because uh, you you look at football and nrl and soccer and all the u.s sports all shutting down and there's no way they can get anywhere near what motorsport can offer from an e-sporting product because it's not like a bunch of football players from the Crows and Port Adelaide are going to sit down and play AFL on PlayStation and they'll stream it because it's just not anything like the real thing. But I, I get the feeling that we're actually in a reasonably good place for all of this as a sport because we can and it's it can be televised. Fox Sports in the States televised a NASCAR race last weekend which had a bunch of the biggest names. Dale Earnhardt Jr. was in it and it got really good ratings and they had the Fox Sports commentary team, Mike Joy and Jeff Gordon commentating it. And it was almost like watching the real thing. So in a way, as a sport, I'm sure you agree, but we're in a pretty decent place because we can replicate what we do in real life, especially for the fans watching. We can replicate that so very accurately and so very realistically. Yeah, I agree. And I think, like you said, if you were a, a hockey player or if you were a basketball player, as a fan, you don't want to watch them with a controller playing NBA 2K20 or something, whereas a racing simulator, the driver is still basically doing exactly what they do in the real thing. I mean, we're sitting in a, in a, in a cockpit with a, with a racing seat, a steering wheel, pedals, gear stick or whatever. So it's, it's very similar. And the fact that also you could say we're running onboard cameras, but we've got webcams where we can yeah. the, the, the public can hear the drivers talking uh, whether or not they'll, I, I don't know how they'll run it, but uh, I, I think it would be great to try and get the all the cars in the same liveries as, like for for, the, for example, the supercars eSports series. If everyone's running their 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 corporate colours, because yep. I mean all the sponsors are missing out on on their brand getting shown on TV now. But with with Fox Sports picking it up, I think this is a great way to to um, help them with their with their with their brand um so i think it's fantastic and maybe maybe the the users at home will be able to select which driver they want to actually watch and listen to because you can kind of there's so much uh versatility with with online racing and the fact that they're going to actually have dso's as well is fantastic so people aren't just going to go flat out into each other so um and f1's picking up on it now i'd say formula e will be doing it if they're not already so um, maybe Super Two will have their own, but, uh, <laughs> but we'll see. We just need more Australian tracks on our racing. 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I, you need to be get a bit of Lando Norris into you because I think he's been a superstar on um, on Twitch lately. Just with some of his streams and the racing he was involved in last weekend, he had some connection problems and kept dropping in and out. And his onboard reactions were were hilarious. And I think he's gained a huge new esports fan base just out of that. And it's going to translate, isn't it? It, it? it may bring a whole new demographic of people into our sport when we do go back racing real time and may well convert them to the cause of, of going and seeing live motorsport. Well, exactly. You just never know. And uh, that's the biggest thing at the moment is to just be, keep positive. And the fact that we have this, like you like, like you touched on, it is fantastic because instead of everything just being shut down and, oh, that's it, like no motor racing, at least it's something. Whether or not other drivers will, will want to participate or watch it, I don't know. But I would, I'd love to be part of it because – at least I get to race against the guys that I should have been racing against, but uh, I didn't. I didn't get a chance. So, and then, like you said, when we go back to real racing, there could be a younger generation that will think, "Well, hang on, I haven't actually seen this person drive in real life. Maybe you know I should go down to the track and, and watch him, or watch him on TV, or you know, you just don't know." I think we need to keep the fan base strong, and we need to uh, continually develop it that it's for all age ranges, absolutely. You'd be too young to know this, Thomas, but uh, World Series Poker actually started on ESPN and was devised by ESPN to cover the season that Major League Baseball had off due to the players' strike because they wanted more money. So <laughs> that's still going at the moment. So with eSports e- and, and e-motor racing, I suppose the same thing could happen there. This could be a whole new form of motor racing, which could have some big dollars attached to it and could uh, be a whole new career for someone. Well, I mean, th- there is already prize money in, in iRacing. I mean, I think I think if you're the top iRacer in the, in the world each year, I mean, the, the prize money is pretty hefty. So Crazy. whether or not they'll do a similar thing for... The Supercars E Series. I think they were they were talking about some form of prize money for the ARG one, which is another incentive to drivers. And like I said, if if all the cars are are liveried up how they would have been on the track, then it's it's easy for people to know who's in what car. And um, you just don't know where, where these where this could take off because if if we do go into lockdown, which is 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 highly likely, seeing what other countries are doing now, then this is really going to be all that we can do and it might it might even help foxtel to for for mm. more more viewers and more more users might help tv ratings because there's going to be nothing else to watch there won't be really any any live sport except for live esports so it's something that like crazy said that we can get onto and if we get onto it now it's 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 the, it's the time to do it well i can tell you 2 weeks ago we were talking about what the hell are we going to talk about during this whole motor racing shutdown we now know exactly what that's going to be for the next eight to twelve weeks, and that's going to be esport motor racing. You're going to be able to, are you so. going to be able to handle it, Tony. Oh, that's no, going to be great. I'm looking forward. <laughs> I want to see. I want to see a testing day. Yeah, no, test, testing days are terrible as it is in real life, <laughs> let alone in esports. Yeah. I'm going to go and dust off my Logitech G27 and uh, set it up on my kitchen table and uh, cut some laps, I think. That's that's my go. Mate, you're advanced. I've got the Commodore 64 ready to fire yeah. up. So. <laughs> Get gonna, the joystick out. Exactly. We're going to have photographers set up in their uh, in their lounge room with a tripod pointing the camera at the TV. Yeah. <laughs> Mark Mark Horsburgh and Daniel Kaliz and Dirk Kleinsmith will all be sitting there with their long yeah. lens from the yeah, other side of the living room. Yeah. Funny. Jeez. <laughs> 
Hey, Thomas, thank you so oh. much, mate, for your time. Really do appreciate it. Uh, congratulations. Second in the Super 2 Championship after Adelaide. So a fantastic start to the year. And let's hope that that continues once we get back on the track. Thank you. Yeah, looking forward to getting back on the track and uh, looking forward to seeing you both at the racetrack uh, very soon. There you will, mate. Thomas Randall joining us here on The Grid. That word because you know you can't touch this. You can't touch this. Break it down. And Crowley joining us for a chat, of course, is Mark Walker, also from the Race Talk. Hello, Mark, how are you? Shebex Crowley. Uh, where do you start? We had bushfires stuffed everything up. Holden leaving, stuffing everything up. The Grand Prix was uh, a big stuff up. And now the rest of life is just caught up with the rest of 2020. So a uh, bit of a shocker. But, um, you know, you've got to, got to stay positive. You know, you've got to stay inside. I think that's the main thing. But uh, get on the phone. Absorb some content. Start enjoying life a bit because uh, you can get bogged down at it all, can't you, really? Well, there's bugger all else to do. So, yeah, absolutely. Let's, uh, let's do it. And that's why we'll keep... We'll keep pushing through this. We've got some cool ideas and some people we want to talk to and um, ideas for separate little on-the-grid specials as well that we'll roll out over the next couple of weeks to uh, keep everyone uh, informed and entertained during these troublesome times. So uh, looking forward to that. I think we're going to have some fun. And uh, at the very least, we'll keep our brains active, which is what we've got to do. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's going to be good fun. In the meantime, though, I think um, – the wave of esports is finally hitting the motor racing world and it's hitting it with a vengeance this week. There's series popping up everywhere. F1's doing it. NASCAR's doing it and did it successfully last weekend. Supercar's not far away. ARG, as we heard from Tommy Randall, with a very exciting series coming up over 10 weeks. So there's a, there's a bit going on, boys, and it will give us some motorsport to talk about as well. Yeah, there's heaps going on, isn't there? And uh, I think uh, Lando Norris up against Nico Hulkenberg in that F1 uh, esports competition was amazing racing between the two of them. They were swapping positions uh, for about three or four laps. And it was uh, watching that was just as enthralling as watching a normal Formula One race at the moment. Well, it's better than watching a real Formula One race because <laughs> real Formula One racing at the moment is not very good. But you know what? I think it, this whole esports thing, it's a massive, massive opportunity for motorsport. I mean, the, these breakdowns in the sporting society in the past have led to opportunities. When Major League Baseball was on the benches because of all the various strikes that they've had over the years, that's when they started televising poker. And, mm. you know, now that's a, a big thing. This um, esports side of things for motorsport, it's an actual esport that's relatable to the real thing. It's like you can't have... Oh, I suppose you could have soccer players playing FIFA on their PlayStation, but it's not the same, is it? This here yeah. is actual racing car drivers driving race cars in a fairly lifelike situation. You mentioned the NASCAR stuff there on the weekend. That was broadcast in the States. They got all the um, main league, uh, the NASCAR Cup drivers, a few truck drivers and uh, a few of the Xfinity drivers in there. Broadcast on Fox Sports 1, Mike Joy, uh, Jeff Gordon, Hall of Famer, commentating it like it was a regular Sunday race. Everyone tuned in. The social numbers were off the charts because there was absolutely bugger all else to do. And it was hella entertaining. You end up having Denny Hamlin and Dale Earnhardt Jr. bumping each other to the finish line. It was sensational. It was really, you know, it's not real life racing, but I tell you what, it 
was good entertainment. Next, you know, you've just got next, to cast aside the fact that you've got any sort of, you know, oh, it's esports. Who cares? It's not real. It's entertainment, and just just mm-hmm. take it for what it is. And it was it was really good. Yeah, Tommy Randall, we just had on, who's who's a bit of a gun on the sim, uh, was, was saying almost exactly the same thing. So he he echoes those comments, which is cool to see. Yeah, it's an interesting opportunity, isn't it? And it, and it's one that that the sport seems to be grasping, and supercars have got their entire field, which is impressive. Um, few issues have popped up lately. Um, Brad Jones Racing don't have much of an idea about simulator racing up up their way in Albury. Uh, Will Davison was told to sell his sim because it didn't match the decor of the new house. So Rihanna, Rihanna, his lovely partner, now wife, was uh, apologising for that on social media. So he's got to go and find a replacement pretty quickly. Um, Jamie Winkup has already come out and said, oh, I don't think I'm going to be very good at this because he doesn't have anywhere near the sim racing miles as Shane Van Gisbergen, which I thought was pretty funny. Um, it shows you that forever um, it may be sim racing but jamie's still the most competitive driver out there and um if he's already talking himself down you can bet that he's going to be competitive so there's a lot to like the arg series will be over over 10 events that's going to be streamed live online they're going to start with a, a tcr race at mount panorama and then there'll be other circuits um in other cars some open wheelers as well with the full field of of drivers from tcr australia from s5000 from touring car masters um, from Trans Am and, and a couple of others, which is great. So there's some real possibility and everyone's going to carve their little niche out of this and it'll give us something to talk about from a sporting perspective. Should also mention, boys, that our colleagues uh, on the radio show, Limited Network of Channels, called a race from Sebring online, had a full field of LMGTE cars last weekend. So in place of the Sebring 12-hour, which was supposed to happen, that was hugely successful. So... Again, like the Fox Sports example you mentioned there, uh, Mark, it was real broadcasters calling a real motor race, just doing it digitally. digitally. So, yeah, it's going to be a really interesting time. Another podcast out there, Dinner with Races, they did, instead of the Super Sebring, they did the Pooper Sebring. Sebring. (laughs) It was uh, NASCARs against jumpy trucks versus LMS cars versus Indy cars. It was just natural butchers picnicking a carve up, and it was just fantastic. And they had all their friends phone in, all their famous racing car driver friends phone in, and it was just a a really cool uh, 12 hours there, which was a bit ridiculous. But uh, the one bit of feedback from the NASCAR one that I think somebody can sort out in this little break that we've got coming out is capture the banter that happens on the on the mm. chat channel between uh, the various competitors because apparently it was just going off it was absolutely gold uh some of the banter that went on so if the, uh, a fox sports locally uh you know with this supercars one if we can get a tap into a bit of that chat from the drivers um It'd be fantastic. With the Fox Sports stuff, they had Clint Boyer there in the studio with his yeah. sim set up uh, trying yeah. to chat his way through it. It was just hilarious. So, uh, you know, if we can do that, that just makes the product even better. You know, it appeals to us motorsport tragics because it's what we want to watch. But it might also tap into some of that gamer crowd. Like, that's always been a bit of the hope with this, with the mm. sports side that we can draw in some of these people who aren't necessarily motorsport fans and that when we do go racing again, they go, oh, hang on, let's go and watch that. That's the hope mm. anyway. Can I tell you that it got me so enthralled, the NASCAR race especially, that one of the commentators at one point said, now that's why spotters are good for you. And I actually thought to myself, how do they have spotters in an e-race? And then I realised that he was probably they talking do. about... No. They yeah. do. They half do. <laughs> There's a, a way you can... In that i-racing... 
uh, especially with the NASCAR Pro Series that they run over there for the pro gamers, you've got options to go in there and be a spotter or a team manager. Oh, so you can be someone who just sits back and, and watches the race unfold and tell your driver to come in to get two or four tyres. Yep. Or you've got your spotters there telling you what's going on. They've got a, a much better view of it than the driver does sitting in the seat. So, no, nope, that's a, a genuine thing. Wowee. That is, that is absolutely amazing. I, I think supercars, for the fact that they've got their entire driver field, that is a fantastic get. And I see today uh, talk about supercars actually having a World Series uh, of, of racing with using uh, IndyCar drivers and NASCAR drivers as well. Yeah, and why not? And, and that's where the opportunity is. So it's very difficult for Jimmy Johnson to come over and drive a supercar, um, just go for it. And I was going to say the same in reverse, but Scott McLaughlin's due to do that in an Indy car at some point this year anyway. But um, anyway, don't don't let my the facts get in the way of my good story. Um, but o- online, it's a much, much more level playing field. So th- the potential is there. Max Verstappen is an enormous gamer and his social feeds are often full of screen grabs of him being involved in online races or everybody else racing against him going, oh, look, I'm up against Max Verstappen. I've beaten him or more often than not, I haven't. So that's the potential. Um, and, and that look, it's good for the sport here because it, ultimately it's just going to bring eyeballs. It, it will have a similar effect to the AFL playing through the weekend and being about the only professional sport actually playing in the real anywhere in the world. And the, the, it achieved something the AFL has been trying to do in China for five years and failed completely. They did it overnight in the US without spending a cent, was that all of the US sports media went, oh, my God, how good is this? So in a similar way, I think this could draw an attention to our, our motorsport here is so professional and so well done. I think good E-series racing could bring a very broad global audience to motor racing. And like Mark said, that could translate over, uh, over to, to real racing when it comes back. And the other thing is the internet is is democratic. So whereas our TV rights are restricted to regions and and often watching internationally can be hard. This doesn't matter. You can watch from wherever you are in the world. So there could be someone in the Solomon Islands watching it, someone in far north Siberia, if they've got internet there, could be watching it and get on board. So that's that's the other beauty of it, that it might expose our game to more people down here, to more people around the world, which is cool. You just cited the precedent say that uh, Jimmy Johnson could come and race uh, a supercar at Bathurst. Uh, mm. Jimmy Johnson's effort on the weekend was appalling. He was an absolute chicane, absolute total embarrassment. So perhaps not best to do that. No, I'm uh, sorry. I, I, I tried. <laughs> but uh, it'll be interesting how some of these guys go. I mean, Rick Kelly's been out there uh, showing his sim setup that yeah. uh, doesn't great. And Rico's never driven a sim in his life. But I know from my personal experience, like I am hopeless on a sim. But back when I used to race a lot of go-karts, you'd hop in a sim and you'd have a feel for it. You'd be all right. Sometimes you got it, sometimes you don't. And mm. I think that's applicable. We'll, we'll see with the supercars, guys. You know, hot word, Van Giz is always a gun on the iRacing. He um, you used to yeah. log on there and see him there all the time. So you'd expect him to be pretty sharp out of this lot. So uh, April 8th, when, when's that? That's a couple of weeks from now. So uh, is it? Yeah, Where are we? yeah. Yeah, not far. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. With you. I think that's going to be uh, that's going to be good fun. I tell you what, boys, I, I think we need, and I would be happy. I'm not, I'm not great, but of the Australian media pack, I'd, I'd back myself to be in the top five in sim racing. But I, I, I'd 
maybe. But I, I would like to oh, see. Hey, well, we had a bit of a night there at the QR. Yes, the, last year. the what happened the, there, Richard? The Indian Grand Prix. Well, well, and and for those listening, going, what the hell are you guys talking about? We we had a a night, a gathering of the media covering the. Shannon's round at Queensland Raceway, and it was the Indian Grand Prix because that's what we had for dinner. Um, a, a terrific night. Um, yeah, I oh, know. I I I dropped dropped the dropped the ball completely. I fired it off the road uh, on a on a qualifier um, and and lost. But but I was second, and that's that's better than third, Mark. So you know, I'd, I'd back myself to go all right. I, I just, I've got very little memories of the night. So you 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 I mean, you refuse to compete. Com- you refuse to compete completely. So, you know. So, well, But what I was... Uh, oh, not driving. No, you drove us home. So, um, clearly, you've just blocked that. You've just blocked that uh, Blocked that from your memory completely. Uh, no, what I was going to say was that I, I think we need a hashtag Podcast Wars um, uh, simulator off. So, on the grid, um, I, I reckon Rusty would have a go. Rusty's Garage. Uh, yep. boys, the boys at the Fox Sports Motorsport Podcast would get on board with that. Um, someone from V8 Sleuth. I don't know who you get out of Noon and Dale and Rogers over there, but uh, okay. that would be that would be good. Front wheel, Dale. Yeah. Um, below the bonnet. Well, wow. no Reynolds do, and Cruz are not allowed. It has to be Van Lowen and someone. I was going to say, do you ban Reynolds or yes. do, you, do you let Caruso go or do we just throw Van Lewin in? I don't know. All these things. A lot of them. He, he'd spend more time on the sim than anyone. I'm pretty certain. Did I beat him at that Indian Grand Prix? Anyway, part of the course. Um, yeah, no, I, I reckon we should we should work on that and we can invite some of our international colleagues to jump on board with that as well. Anyway, we'll, we'll put that in the pipeline. It could be something we do down the road. But I, I think Team I on the Grid speaking- would, would be a decent shot. Actually, talking about content, we'll have one out, uh, I reckon, Sunday. Uh, just a bit of a, a downtime content guide because there's, there's a lot of good stuff out there and I, I think a lot of people have some time on their hands, including us now. <laughs> um, we're going to compile a bit of a list of all the really good things out there that you should, you should sink your teeth into. And there's a lot of great motorsport stuff out there that you probably have never heard of, but uh, we'll put a story up there on the race talk, talk over the weekend that's uh, worth checking out. What a great idea. The other idea. thing... Go on, Shabex. No, you're all right, go. No, I was just going to say another story we've got uh, in the pipeline uh, is the best uh, motorsport. Yes, see what I did there? The best yes. motorsport uh, bathroom facilities in Australia. Um, now, we, we do have an international audience now. So to everyone listening on the Radio Show Limited network of channels on RS1, um, the, there's a massive sports car audience there in particular, but I know people go to Formula One, IndyCar, we, we'd very much like your contribution, so hit us up on social media at the Race Talk, and we might follow up the Australian edition uh, with an international best and worst bathrooms edition. So it's oh, like the you. the guide of where the best place to go at any given racetrack is when you need a, a brief pit stop, and it's not pit lane. Great idea, fantastic idea. Mm. Let's hope that we can get some uh, support behind that and the international edition. I'm very much looking forward to, and then uh, what we should do is try and have a tour to those bathrooms at some point. Lordy. <laughs> Crikey. Well, <laughs> to the, the, on the, yeah. grid, the on the grid dunny hop. <laughs> Can we, I'd rather, I'd rather do a bar hop, but, uh, you know, <laughs> maybe that's the outcome. <laughs> maybe it could be. Hey, guys, just a couple of quick things uh, we should mention as well. We've seen a lot of mm. uh, talk about 
football, AFL in particular, and NRL, and how this shutdown of their sport is going to hurt them financially and a lot of clubs facing dire straits over the next three to six months. Are we going to see the same sort of issues happening in, uh, in motor racing? Uh, look, that, that's a tough question and, and it would be worth dedicating some some grey matter and some airtime to that down the road. I think when we've got a bit better picture of who's where. The, the financial models in league football and motorsport in Australia are very different. Um, so the way they generate their revenue, um, supercars are the only ones in this country that derive a significant portion of their revenue from a broadcast rights arrangement, much in the same way as football. So that's going to be, for them, a challenge. The other competitors, well, the other categories especially are more competitor-geared, so it's it's geared by competitors entering, paying their entry fee and racing yeah. rather than... Um, rather than the more commercial model that we see in the real elite professional sports. So um, I, I think the the answer to your question is, Shebex, we don't know yet. There, there's certainly going to be some influence at some point. Um, people are going to hurt, but but I think as much of it will be the owner drivers or the young drivers who are relying on people with money to fund them, that all of a sudden those people who are funding them now don't have the money to do it because they've had to lay off workers or their own business has gone into Struggle Street because of this. That That's going to be, I think, a bigger effect. Um, the big race teams in this country will be able to survive, I'm sure. Um, and and there's, there's going to be change. The other thing, and, and again, we can dedicate more time to this down the road, Mark, but what I think this will lead is it's going to lead to some consolidation it's going to lead to some new ideas, and I think there can be some positives out of this. And, and the big talk around Aussie, Aussie rules football this week is that um, it, it's going to lead to some changes to the game and maybe some efficiencies in the game that aren't there right now. So smaller playing lists, less cr- uh, coaching staff, and, and basically taking money out of it. I, I think motor racing is going to be in the same boat, and it, it's going to have its hand forced. But I think it can allow for some innovation. So they're talking about a condensed season at the end of the year and supercars continue to talk about wanting to run all of their races, which the longer this goes will become more difficult. But this is the opportunity to innovate. This is an opportunity to go, do you know what? We're going to do a one night Friday night race at Sydney Motorsport Park in and out, bang, bang, tick the round off, get the TV, away we go. Or we're going to try some midweek racing or we're going to do more two day race meetings. Or if you're a Shannon's nationals round, you're going to do a massive week long thing with, 15 categories running, everyone that doesn't have anywhere to run. So it's going to require some innovation. It's going to open some opportunity. So we have to look at it like that um, if we want to stay positive about this game. That's my opinion. Um, And we can dedicate some more bandwidth to that down the road, perhaps. Yeah, I totally agree with you, Crosby. I think there's a great opportunity for innovation to come in and uh, we'll get our heads together and think about some fantastic ideas that could become a part of motor racing post this uh, COVID-19 situation. Hey boys, always great to catch up with you. Uh, Stick around though and make sure you stay tuned in because I'm about to catch up with Anton Di Pasquale and have a chat to him about uh, Supercars version of e-racing and a lot of other things as well. But uh, Krause, thank you for your time. No, pleasure as always. Um, And our our promise is this, we will continue to pump out content, whether you like it or not, um, (laughs) over this time because we've got bugger all else to do. So 
um, we're going to we're gonna keep doing this. We're going to have some cool podcasts out, as I said before. Keep your eyes peeled to the racetalk.com. Um, we want to we want to push that really hard, and, and we think we can fill a hole in people's lives um, by offering up some cool stuff that you can turn your brain off from the troubles of the world for ten or fifteen minutes or longer if it's a podcast, um, and just uh, just sit back and enjoy this great sport of ours. So that's our pledge. We'll keep doing it for as long as we can, and uh, we'd love for you all to uh, to support it for those listening out there. And Mark Walker, yeah, thank you on, for your time. Get on the socials, there, guys. Like have a chat on the socials. We love having a chat. So I mean. I think it's really good at the moment if you can pick up the phone and have a talk to people you haven't had a talk to in a while. And uh, I think everyone feels a bit better after having a bit of a chat. So I think that's uh, the best thing you can do while you're hunkered down inside. Yeah, exactly. Thanks for your time, Mark. Really appreciate it as always. Cheers, guys. Richard Crowley, Mark Walker joining us here on The Grid. Stick around. Anton De Pasquale up next. This is On The Grid on mypodcasthouse.com. And joining us on the line now is Anton Di Pasquale from Erebus Racing to have a chat about uh, the e-racing series and a few other things as well. Good day, Anton. How are you? Hey, mate. Going well. Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for coming on. First of all, let's cover off on the uh, the e-series. It's sort of great to be racing again, even if it is in a, a different fashion. Uh, yeah, I think um, the e-series at the moment is our only option to keep keep racing and uh, you know, keep our fans entertained with some sort of content, um, although it might not be exactly what we, what we want to do or what people want to see, but it, it is something cool, and I think um, it will be pretty, pretty entertaining getting us all on there, um, a lot of us out of our comfort zone and uh, things like that. So I think we'll have a bit of fun. I think it's quite amazing that the whole field is uh, up and running for it. Uh, as a younger member of the supercars field, does that sort of give you a little bit of an advantage? Um, oh, I don't know about advantage, but uh, I spent a bit of time on the on the game or on the on the sim myself. Uh, the first thing I did after Albert Park got called off was went home and fired it up because I had to get the the release somehow. Um, but yeah, the uh, I spent a bit of time on it now. There's a few of us who have who've done a fair bit of the last over the last years, and we're sort of the regulars. Have you been involved much in the iRacing series in the past? Uh, not on the on the supercar side of things. I just sort of go on, do a bit of, do a bit of laps, um, and then use it a lot to develop myself and learn tracks and practice a couple of things. Um, but yeah, having too much of the i racing race in, 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 in the supercars. But um, yeah, I, I do know a few people have, and uh, yeah, I've been around it. Know a few people involved in the space, and it's it's pretty cool. It's actually quite a, a weird thing because. Uh you may not remember this, you might be too young, but uh, I think it was back in 1994, the uh, Major League Baseball was locked out for the year. The, the players refused to play due to a play due to a pay thing. At that time, ESPN came up with poker to replace uh, the missing time that they had with baseball. This is sort of a similar thing with uh, e-racing. Could e-racing become a bigger and better thing other than just a, a few weeks to fill in some time until the next race? Um. I think for sure uh, e-sports and everything will benefit from obviously what's happening across the whole world because at the moment there's not really much sport you can watch so you entertain themselves um, but in terms of taking over I can't currently see anything like happening um, obviously the real thing's always always more exciting and it's always always real so um, I, you know, I'd imagine we'll go back to normal once all this blows over and uh, and, and carry on 
I imagine there's more people involved in, in the space and do a bit more sim racing or, or whatever. We're not really too sure. I imagine you will too, mate. Uh, take us back a couple of weeks to the Australian Grand Prix. The disappointment of learning on that Friday morning that you guys wouldn't be racing. How did that feel? Um, yeah, it was it was obviously a very weird situation. I think from sort of the start of the weekend with everything happening and you know all all, all the uh, news was was obviously a lot of negativity about the virus and all the stuff happening worldwide. Um, and then you know, obviously with McLaren coming out on Thursday saying they were going to participate, and then you know, there's obviously rumours from that point onwards. So um, it was kind of when it did happen wasn't so unexpected. Um, but at the same time, it's still a shock and just sort of more disappointed because we're all sort of suited up, ready to go. Um, we made some changes, but pretty good speed the day before. So we had uh, some things we wanted to achieve and we didn't get an opportunity to do it. So that was the most disappointing part, but obviously um, for the whole you know, safety and all the other parts of, of that, um, I guess they made the right call and everyone had to obey that. It was quite. I was quite interested to hear you say just a few minutes ago that you had to have that release once you got home from the Grand Prix track and and you went racing on the sim. Was the adrenaline just like really pumping? That I suppose what I'm trying to say is, was the disappointment made even more so for the fact that you guys were only like an hour or so away from actually going out and racing before the actual uh, the actual call was made. Uh, yeah, you, you obviously build yourself up, especially because it was. It was qualifying, so you and and the way the format is there, you only have one lap, one set of tyres per per qualifying. You have to go straight out and do it, and you've basically spent all night and morning looking at on board, going through the data, make some changes, sort of yourself up to do a good lap, um, and sort of nail it. And then uh, you can't do it, so you you always still have all that on your mind, and you, you can't actually execute it. So it's it's a little bit of an odd feeling, um, but yeah, had to had to have a crack on the sim just to of adrenaline I think even though it's only virtual but it, it helps a little bit I still I think I still have that urge to, to go back out now but we obviously can't 2019 for you Anton uh, 14th in the championship one would look at that and say that's uh, was maybe a little, a little bit disappointing for you but a couple of podiums did you see 2019 as just being a real consolidation year for you and 2020 is the year that you're going to jump out of your skin um, yeah lo- Last year was uh, was was a difficult year for a lot of people. Um, we started off the year obviously not that good with the DNF for Adelaide, and then built most of the year getting back into the ten, and then uh, end of the year having a few DNFs and some failures and things like that. So that sort of pushed us back out. Um, so I think we it obviously was probably better than what it looks, but um, in in terms of this year, obviously again a pretty bad Adelaide, which just put us on the back foot of the. Um, hopefully we still do all the championship races and uh, chase back to the front. Yeah, uh, pretty bad Adelaide. Won a 14th in race one and then a DNF, which wasn't your fault, of course, uh, taken out by your teammate in Adelaide. That Always a tough thing to happen, is it, when teammates collide? Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been um, obviously not, not very often with us. That's our first time, I believe, so... Um, yeah, it was it was a new thing for us. We're obviously pretty good mates and all pretty close to the team. So it's more just, more just uh, the loss of points, the driver, and also the team championship. We lose a lot of points there. So um, you know, and then obviously a little bit of damage to both cars is never good. So uh, yeah, it's something we have to move on and try not to do again. 
was actually, I, I wasn't surprised because I know what sort of a guy Dave Reynolds is like, but his reaction to you, I was talking to Dave just after the race, I think, when you then came to have a look at your car. Dave then went around and you guys embraced for the best part of about 15 to 20 seconds and he was so apologetic to you. It, it seemed to really affect him, the fact that you guys did have a crash. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think it just goes back to you know it's a it's it's a loss for the whole team so everyone loses out of a car not being involved um, so he's we're we're both team players and and we both want to uh, be the best team in the grid together and things like that so to do that we have to both finish races and finish races as well so that's what the disappointment was um, but yeah we've moved on now and uh, hopefully never happens again. I was fortunate enough to be sitting in the. Uh in the box with the boys from uh, Met Trans and Jet Couriers uh, at Adelaide, Glenn Green yep. and uh, and Luke Searle, and your dad was in there as well for the second qualifying session. Uh, sorry, the first qualifying session on the uh, on the Saturday. And I'm not sure if you realise it because you're in the car, so you obviously don't get to see it, but the effect that you have on your family during that period of time, and I'm sure it's the same with, with every driver, but your dad was like a cat on a hot tin roof. He couldn't sit down. He couldn't stay still, and you'd just get into the top ten and the relief that was on his face for the fact that you just made that top ten shootout, it was quite amazing to watch. Uh, yeah, it's it's good. I've, I've had my, my parents and my whole family for my sister sort of on my side and uh, with me the whole journey, so it's been a, a- it's been a good one, um, and they're and they're passionate people with everything we do. So um, it's it's really cool to have them on board and supporting, and obviously um, having cool people like Jack Curry's partnered up, and uh, they can hang out in their box and have a good time and enjoy themselves while at the track. It's they get a little bit of a holiday, and then uh, obviously when I'm on track, it's uh, it's a bit nerve wracking for them and everything like that. Um, but it's yeah, it's it's have a family on board, especially in motorsport, you need that um, with uh, with the way it all works with go-karting and things. You haven't got family support, you you got uh, not much hope. Uh, exactly right. You've had a couple of uh, people really support you uh, wholeheartedly in your racing, and I'm, I'm assuming your dad and your family effectively from the start, but the guy that's been a real mentor of yours in the last four or five years has been Paul Morris. Take us through the relationship that you and the dude have had. Uh, yeah, so I came. Uh, so I was work, I was in Europe racing, um, and then I had Lark actually helped me over there. He is um, he got me a few drives and all, all the connections and made me my way through there. So uh, when I came back, and some driving with Paul out at Norwell, and then Paul had a car that he wasn't using, which was the Falcon, and then that turned into a test, and then. And the test turned into Southern Bull Racing. We got the team back going again. Um, and then from there, sort of, that was our two years racing together in, in Super 2. And then Paul then linked me up to drive with Erebus um, and then so on and so forth. So sort of, it, it continued on. He's kind of sort of like a manager mentor, but at the same time, a really close mate. So um, there's a lot of different relationships we have depending on the day we're having. Um, but yeah, he's, he, he's really cool. Um, and then when I need it, obviously, Got up to Queensland heaps, use his facility, hang out at his house. Um, you know, have Nash, his sons, uh, all, all all really close. And now um, got Brody, my co-driver, also uh, involved with Norway and Paul and everything. And we're all sort of having a good time and uh, getting on with it. 
We'll get into Bodie in just one sec. You mentioned Europe and that uh, season you had over there in Formula Renault 1.6. It was a great year for you winning the championship. Nine out of 15 races you won for that year and then into Renault 2.0 the next year. You came back to Australia. Do you feel and do you look back at it now and feel that there was unfinished business or did you do everything you could? Um, yeah, we had obviously had a really good year that first year, which was the plan sort of went into a category where you could go in on your first year and have a big crack. Um, and then the Renault two-letter side of things is kind of like a couple-year program at least, um, sort of like a super two of, of there. You, know, you spend a bit of time there, learn your basics and then move on. Um, and then, yeah, the budget uh, or, the, or the network, I guess, to keep moving, which, which is disappointing because I think, you know, I – I believe I, I could have gone a lot further. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just a hard demanding sport like that. So um, it, it came back, but uh, I'm I'm happy where I've landed, and uh, it's all good. It certainly is. And uh, you mentioned uh, Brad Kostecki, of course, a new enduro driver for you for this year. You've been with Will Brown for the last couple. You uh, find Brad coming into the car this year. How's uh, how's that all going? And and how are you guys are going to work together this year? Uh, yeah, it's going good. Um, yeah, had had Will for the last couple of years. Uh, he's moved over to car nine. So um, that kind of just fits a little bit more with size and everything like that. Um, and then, yeah, he's, he's, he's a really good dude. Um, he's, he's another uh, iconic addicted to the sim racing guys. Yeah. So we spent a lot of time on there together, especially during this period. Um, and then, yeah, it was, all well and uh, yeah it's all it's all pretty good I think he'll be fine he uh, had a good run in it at Adelaide couple uh, should be good couple of questions to finish up with you Anton uh, been a lot yep. of talk this year in regards to DJR and Triple Eight and what could happen next year we know that Jamie Winkup's now signed a longer term contract at Triple Eight and uh, still don't know what's happening with Scotty McLaughlin has that been a welcomed distraction for you hearing your name put up against teams like that or is it something that you don't Worry about? Um, obviously, I don't worry too much about it. Obviously, you hear all the things, see some things, and it's sort of impossible to avoid it. Um, but yeah, I've, any any time your name's mentioned in in good and uh, a link to teams like that is obviously good things. It means you must be doing something okay. So um, yeah, it's obviously not something I'm worried about or thinking about actually. But more um it's it's always good to know you know you're hearing good things about your name uh it's always it's always good and we also should finally talk about the brand new tv series which is coming up uh, on fox sports and ko in regards to uh, spending a year with erebus motor racing last year uh, have you seen a fair bit of the series yet and uh can you give us a little bit of an insight into what we're going to see um uh, no surprisingly I've, I've only actually i've seen a little bit but the main thing i've seen is that uh actually a five-minute short where Barry Ryan sort of the, the key, the key actor and all that. Um, not really acting, but yeah, <laughs> the key guy and all that. Um, so I've I'll be watching it for the first time with everyone else. But obviously, I was there for all of it and sort of know what 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 happened. So um, as everyone knows, our year sort of up and down. There's a lot of highs. I had, I had a couple of podiums in my first things. There's a lot of cool emotion and then there's a lot of bad times too. So you get both sides of the team, um, and obviously. With all the political things happening, I think there's going to be a fair bit of excitement on that front. Um, so, yeah. And then we're, I think, more known for the team, especially Barry and Dave, not sort of holding back their opinion. So uh, I think people get a, a fair bit of laughs out of that. 
Yeah, it's not like Barry Ryan to hold back his opinion. How hard was it for you to have cameras in your face all the time for an entire season? Uh, yeah, it was, it was a bit odd. You sort of, it's the good thing was it was the same same people every round for the whole year and every time we did it. So after the first couple of times, you just become mates and you sort of trusted them from there. And they're motorsport people too, so um, they're not they're not sort of getting you at weird times or doing things to make you feel uncomfortable, things like that. So they understand the sport and know what what it's about so and when it's right and when it's um, – so that, that made it a lot easier. And then from there, basically, you just pretended like they weren't there. You just happened to have a mic on and talk your way. And uh, if you say something completely wrong, they'll edit it out. And the last one for you, mate. I'm sure that this period of time is so important for you drivers at the moment to keep fit because that second half of 2020 is going to be action-packed. It looks like you could be racing – Every week for a little bit, you could be racing every second weekend. You guys are going to need to be super fit to take that out in the last six months of the year. Uh, yes, yeah, so, yeah, 100%. This is obviously a time where um, – so we've done all our training leading up to Adelaide and then Grand Prix, so we just have to sort of stay fit now while we're not doing anything, not get too lazy. Um, and then, yeah, so basically my time at the moment consists of keeping fit and uh, driving on the sim. So I've – not doing too much else other than that, which I imagine most people aren't. So I've even uh, a few of us even made a couple of accounts online where people can watch us on the sim and keep entertained because we we have a bit of a laugh on there, so it's good. Anton, thanks for joining us today. Really do appreciate it. Enjoy your time off and good luck in the E Series. It'll be a lovely championship to take off before the uh, the racing proper starts again. All right, mate. Thank you. Cheers. And we thank you for joining us. Look forward to catching you next week right here on the grid. This program is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.